Hey guys, it's Lauren and Josh and today we are going to be talking about life stripping you of you. A little bit of a, a sensitive topic. I'm going to forewarn you, we're going to be talking about our daughter Nova passing away. So if you're easily triggered by these things, you probably need to not listen to this. But if you think you can man through it, you might get some encouragement from it. Or at least that's my goal is is to encourage some people, especially with such a rough topic. But so I wanted to, I was today, I was sitting in the tub taking a bath. Not that you want to know that, but our bathtub is really old and started making pooting noises. And I know that sounds really silly, but I started laughing like a little child. It was so funny. It, it had me cackling. I laughed for like 10 minutes. I started crying. I was laughing so hard. Josh was trying not to laugh because he, he could hear me laughing. Yeah. And keep in mind, I, I really did not think it was that funny, but her laughter actually was infectious to the point of I I couldn't even control myself. I was silently laughing, trying to keep her from laughing harder in the bedroom. Um, it, it was a whole big mess. Yeah, he wasn't even in the bathroom with me. He was in the bedroom and heard me laughing all the way from the bathroom. So that's how loud and obnoxious I was laughing. But it was just really funny because that was a little bit of myself, like from my old me. So before our daughter Nova passed away, I was super goofy. And, and anyone that knows me that grew up with me knows that like I could laugh about anything. And I laughed about everything. I laughed at myself. Even like I have a note from when I was in eighth grade from a teacher and like this little memory book thing that said I uh, laughed at all my own jokes, which is true. I did. I laughed at all my own jokes. And I'm not ashamed to say that. Because laughter means you have joy. And I just was reminded of that old part of me that got, excuse me, that got stripped away from me because of life. You know, yeah, life it was, happens. It was really good to, to hear that from her today. I I still struggle a lot every day. People, people constantly think that I'm angry about something and realistically I'm not. It's just that I'm still working on recovering from this. So there are very few people who are still in my life that knew me b before we lost her. Um, but for the few that were, they definitely know that I'm a much different person now than I was back then. I've always been stoic and kind of a stern person, but I also cracked a lot of jokes. I smiled a lot more in photos and just kind of goofed around a lot more. And after that, now um, I'm a much harder shell to break. And I haven't quite found that happy place yet. I'm working on that every day, but um, it was just, it, it was really happy. And for me to see her in there laughing and just kind of giggling about something so silly, it, it warmed my heart. Yeah. The thing about, it's not just after losing a child, really after any tragic accident or tragic life experience where it's, you know, I have a lot of friends that their kids, they've had to watch their kids fight cancer or you become a victim from someone's lack of humanity and we'll just leave it at that. And you just, life just strips you of who you are after those incidents of who you were, who you are now and who you're meant to be. It just, it feels like life is constantly, even three years later after our daughter passed away, Things that I deal with, our daughter that's here on earth, Lily, I deal with things with her having Down syndrome because she does have disabilities. 
and it feels like life is just constantly trying to strip away the person who I used to be and the person who I am and the person who I'm meant to be, which honestly, I guess that's a little bit a part of the enemy working too, because he's come to kill, steal and destroy. He, he doesn't want me to be the person that God has called me to be. And that's, it's a daily struggle for everybody. It's not, you know, sometimes it's a little harder for some of us who have gone through such tragic accidents, but really everybody's struggles with life in the enemy, just enemy trying to take away that person of who God has called them to be and who God's called them to be involves whether you like it or not, because, you know, we don't always like our past, but who we were in the past and who we are in the present and who we are going to be in the future all coincide with each other. Yeah. Now don't get us wrong here. And I think Lauren would agree with me that things that happen in your life obviously kind of mold you and who you are today and who you're going to be in the future. And that's not always necessarily a negative thing. Um, a lot of times it can, it can be positive because things like this can be great motivators for you. You know, whatever it is that is kind of pulled you down or stripped part of you away from who you used to be. I, that's part of the reason that we're here doing this today is we feel compelled and motivated to make a podcast to talk about things that we've gone through in our lives and hopefully motivate somebody else to either feel better or just inspire them to be creative on their own. Um, so I, I definitely feel like part of, you know, life events like this make you who you are. And that's not always a, a bad thing. A lot of times it can be a good thing, but that doesn't mean that it's, it's easy in that time or even afterwards. So I really feel like after all of this stuff that, you know, it just really broke my soul, which is a lot to do with life stripping you of, of who you are. It, it breaks down your soul because your soul is what houses your emotions and I guess maybe your way of thinking. A lot of people think because it gets a little confusing and it can be a little confusing in the Bible because you know, there's no definitions exactly in the Bible of what things are and what they're referenced to, but our soul is not, you can be a Christian and have a broken soul. A lot of people judge you. And I had faced that. I had faced stigma going through the death of our daughter, because if you say you're depressed and you're a Christian, you're automatically labeled well, not automatically, but if you're around the wrong people, you're automatically labeled a bad Christian or not a good enough Christian or a phony Christian because they think, oh, well, your soul is broken, so you're not a good Christian. But your soul can be broken and still be a Christian because it's that is your emotions. Your spirit is what is the Holy Spirit that's connected to God. And that for us is what stayed stable. That was the only thing that stayed stable right after our daughter passed away. So you can be a Christian and have a broken soul. I mean, we're all broken. We're constantly broken. And that's why we go to Jesus. Like the, the, you know, you know, the sick go to the doctor. And so that's why we need Jesus. We constantly need him in our lives, restoring our broken souls. You know, our spirits can be sound, but our souls are what need the fixing because we're humans and we're emotional and a little bit crazy. Like I said, <laughs> last time, I'm a little, I'm a little bit crazy. Yeah. I can tell you one of my biggest pet peeves or one of the things that bothers me the most. And we, we heard this in a different circumstance shortly after we lost our daughter is that 
people who are close to God or Christians shouldn't mourn their, their lost loved ones because that's not biblical or we should be celebrating the fact that they died. And to me, while I understand that that can come from a place of love and it can be true, it's also just ridiculous to me to tell somebody that they should not be mourning the loss of the loss of their loved one um, purely because they are in heaven now. Um, so I, I think that there needs to be a grieving process. There always will be a grieving process, whether it is the, the loss of a loved one or if something, you know, bad happened personally to you in your life, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day, while you should not feel guilt or shame, you definitely do have that room to grieve. And I fully feel like you should, um, bottling these types of things up really don't help you in any way, shape or form. And I had to learn that the hard way over the last couple of years, it's just, it's not a path you want to go down. No. And while people who say you, you should be happy for your loved one because they're in heaven, in heaven comes from a place of truth. And, and most of the time I find that it comes from a place in love because, but it says, I'm pretty sure it says in Ecclesiastes, I could be wrong. It might not be that book, but I'm pretty sure it's in that book where it talks about there is a time to mourn. I mean, for goodness sakes, Job was depressed I mean, the entire book, the man was utterly depressed and said the most depressing things. And that book just makes you want to cry because he's just depressed the whole time. And then to have friends sit there and tell him that he wasn't a good enough Christian because he was depressed. Again, if you're going through something hard and you have friends telling you that you're crazy, you just need to get rid of them. Because a good friend is going to support you and love you through whatever you're going through. Because there is a time to mourn. There's a time to grieve. And, and like Josh said, there's this process that you need to go through because otherwise you're going to lose your mind. If you don't go through that process, you're going to, you're not going to just feel crazy. You're going to become crazy. <laughs> like there's this, just this whole process of healing. It's healing to grieve, like getting to lay in my bed and cry about my child helped me. Like it's, it sounds weird, but just getting to physically cry those tears is, is part of the, the healing process. And though I would never ask God to take Nova out, out of heaven because I know how wonderful that place is, that doesn't replace the broken feeling I have from her not being here. And that's the thing that people don't understand and realize where they need to kind of draw the line on some of the things that they say is that, yes, you, you need to be happy in a sense that your your loved one is in heaven because it's way better than here on earth but you're still going to feel that brokenness from them not being here because they're this person especially if it was your your child like they were a part of you you grew them um well not for dads but they helped in the process definitely did not grow a baby that is <laughs> but it's you know they're a part of you though and when they when someone leaves you even if it's emotionally they leave you, you still feel this emptiness, this brokenness from that experience. And that's okay to feel we're human. And God understands that. God has his big boy pants on. There was plenty of times I yelled at God during our grieving process. And I fully believe that God understood it. Never once got upset at me. I fully believe that because those moments of me screaming and yelling out and questioning why did this happen brought me to where I'm here today where I can laugh in the bathtub at pooting noises. <laughs> so me laughing in 
the bathtub was really a realization for me today that part of my soul has been restored. It's a part of the restoration process for my soul. And it was nice because for a while, I felt like that process was taking a long time. Before Lily got here, I felt like that part was taking such a long time. But honestly, I feel like we're really in kind of in a fast pace restoration process because we're, we're three years into this grieving process and we're already able to talk so well about this and share our, our experience to help others, which is, is really a fast process. People don't realize that there's people who go, you know, decades, not even being able to talk about their kid being passed away. And, and so I think a, a lot of my steadfast, um, restoration process of my soul, you know, my soul healing and me coming, becoming a little part, a little bit of my old self. Granted, I'll never be my complete old self. You know, something so tragic as losing your child is something that's going to stick with you and change a part of who you are for the rest of your life. You're always going to be a little bit different. But there's certain things that I feel like God puts in you, like my goofiness, that are a part of supposed to be a part of who I am for the rest of my life. It's it's a part of who God called me to be. Um, and so I feel like that's a part that needed to be restored. And so Lily actually being born is part of what helped kind of speed up a lot of, or maybe not speed up, but do a lot of restoring of my soul. She just... I don't know. She's goofy. And maybe that's why this, this part of my soul is being restored is because she is so goofy and wonderful. And I love her so much. I can be crying. And this kid, oh my gosh, the Lord has put an anointing on the child. It is, she will climb into my lap, put her hands on my shoulders and like stand up to make herself like eye to eye with me find my eyes, make me connect eyes with her and then just smile at me. And it just melts my soul and just reminds me of the goodness of God, which sounds probably sounds silly to people who might not believe in God, but I know my God is good. I know my God didn't take Nova from me and seeing those little things, Lily doing those little things really just helps my soul because it reminds me of our, our good father so that was that's a one thing that's helped restore some of my soul. Yeah, absolutely. It it's funny because I could have the worst day of my life at work and I will come home to a child who is so excited to see me come around the corner and she just smiles so big and waves and starts bouncing and gets so excited she actually has to bury her face in the bed or in her mom for a second. Um, before she looks up and raises her arms at me like, Dad, Dad, come pick me up. I want to see you. Um, and that makes me so happy. Of course, 10 seconds later, she'll flip a switch, doesn't want me to touch her, <laughs> doesn't want anything to do with me, tries to crawl away from me as fast as she possibly could. That's just our daughter. But she has this infectious spirit where she is just so happy all the time. I mean, she obviously will throw tantrums and kick and fight and swing her arms. And those things frustrate you. It's fine. But just the way that she reacts when she sees you for the first time in a while, just the way that she knows when you're upset and does everything she can to make you smile. That's just, I mean, it's beautiful and wonderful to me. Um, she really has helped this process along. And honestly, I think it started for me from 
almost day one where I was just ecstatic to have a child who was alive and on this earth. That alone made me feel better and made me feel more whole and happier. Even if she did have to spend a while in the hospital, that's a whole other story. Yeah. We'll talk about that another day. Uh, I don't want to go down that path right now, but it's just funny how from day one, this child who just has grinned and been the cutest little thing you've ever seen has been able to slowly fix a grizzled old man like me who is just kind of broken and can be bitter sometimes and can be a little cranky, quite honestly. Um, it, a little baby, just a 19, 20 month year old child can change everything for me in just a couple of minutes when I come home. Yeah. And which Lily has done a lot for us. And the thing I, I do want to emphasize that I 100% do not believe that Lily, we were blessed with Lily to heal our souls. That's obviously one God's doing his job, but Lily has a God-given purpose that has nothing to do with healing her parents' souls. Absolutely nothing. I think the the purpose that she has, whatever it may be, is a blessing for us because I think it, it probably is going to have something to do with making people feel better because my friends can come over and I have one of my friends one of my dearest friends, she'll come over if she's having a bad day and just cuddle Lily. And Lily is not a cuddler. She does not like to be cuddled. And, but she'll let my friend cuddle her and it makes her feel better. And she'll, sometimes she just smiles at people who just have this huge frown on their face who are complete strangers. And then they get this huge smile on their face. And I know it makes their day better, even if it's just a tiny little bit. And I think that's just a plus for us that, that's the person God has made her to be. Because I feel like a lot of people thought that Lily was our healing. Like when she was born, a lot of people were like, oh, yay. Like essentially they didn't, no one ever said this, but the way people would phrase things, it was like, oh, you can essentially forget about all your pain from Nova, which is not how that works at all. We would get the tone of voice of, oh, look, a replacement baby. You can <laughs> yeah. be all better now. Yeah, that's. Lily is not a replacement of her sister. She's not a better version of her sister. She's not the reason we are better. She's just a plus side, a blessing that we were blessed with, so blessed with. And it just so happens that I feel like part of her God-given purpose just also just kind of helped Josh and I along our grieving process because there's a ton of other things. Um, and I know for especially with Josh that helped with that soul restoration process. Yeah, certainly. So I was fortunate and lucky enough to stumble across an unlikely band of friends at work um, who have since become some of the closest friends I, I think I've ever had. Um, I was in a period in my life where a lot of my closest friends from high school and things like that, that I had kind of grown up with and felt fairly close to had become somewhat, somewhat distant. It could have been that, you know, my daughter had recently passed away. It was a tough conversation to have. People didn't want to be around that. I don't know. Life just happens too. Uh, absolutely. So I, I don't think there was malicious intent oh, there. Yeah, no. It just, it happens sometimes. And luckily a lot of these people I do now hang out with again. Um, we are very close once more. So I'm super grateful for that. Um, but Either way, I, it was a few months after this happened. I, I just happened to go on a work trip with one of my now closest friends named Colby. 
who then introduced me to several other people, um, McKee, Alex, and Deanna, who by some strange coincidence all became very close friends through work. None of these people seem on paper like they would be at all compatible. Um, <laughs> they, are, they are very strange people, myself included. I, on paper, I Well, as strange as in they're all, every single one of them are just all so widely different for them to be such good friends. Yep, 100%. <laughs> one of them plays Dungeons and Dragons once a week and the other does a 5K once a week. If that tells you anything about how vastly different this group of people can be. Um, but we come together, we have a great time, we have dinner every once in a while, um, and they they really helped a ton in me just feeling a bit more like myself. They are just goofy and combative enough with each other to make me <laughs> laugh, um, to the point of sometimes I just forget about troubles I've had, I forget about worries of the day, um, and that's, sometimes that's really all you need is just the right mixture of people who seem like they might want to kill each other some days. <laughs> and really make each other laugh the next that just makes you, you know, forget about your troubles for that period of time. Um, and I will be eternally grateful for those four people in my life. Well, and a lot of two, what I guess what made me fall in love with this little group of friends is that, um, that they just like welcomed me in like right off the bat, which is, I mean, obviously Josh and I are, are a, a package deal, but sometimes you just kind of have groups of friends that, you know, sometimes you just maybe hang out not so much with your spouse because maybe your spouse doesn't get quite along with them. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe that's other people, but like, um, I, I have a pro well, I grew up and I felt just always had, I had a hard time making friends with girls and the two girls in the group just kind of like swooped in and just like automatically like made friends with me and which I really liked because coming from a spouse's standpoint, you know, sometimes it's a little weird when there's opposite sex friends. Um, and so when I met them and they just, just, you know, were made it a point to be friends with me instead of focusing on my husband, I could tell that it was like, just like a friendship, like, you know, there's still those healthy boundaries there. Um, but that's like for another, that's like a marital, um, topic, but, and well, and then, and you know, another time, like when Lily was born and she was in the NICU, she, you know, some of the friends, some come and visited that could, that came and would come and visit Lily in the NICU. Others would just say encouraging things because, you know, a lot of people get shocked when they hear the Down syndrome diagnosis, especially when she was first born. And it's just like getting to hear from people that are close to us, just like, oh, okay, like whatever. Yahoo, congratulations, you have a baby, is something that's really, really does something to the soul. So that's kind of my connection with his little friend group. <laughs> yeah, it's been interesting to see them actually just they pretty much adopted Lily. They all love her. I feel some days almost as much as I do. They ask for us to bring her to work just so they can <laughs> see her. Um, she's invited on any vacations we may go to, on together as a group. Um, it's actually ironic that one of this group, McKee, actually works at a camp uh, during the year that is specifically designed to cater to adults with any kind of intellectual delays, disabilities, anything like that. Lots of people with Down syndrome actually go to this, and it was really encouraging and nice to to tell my friends, "Hey, 
you know, we have a daughter. She's great, but she's also in the hospital now. It turns out she has Down syndrome. We didn't know. And for him to just immediately jump out and say that does not change a thing about who she is, who she's going to be. She is absolutely perfect. You're going to love her was just great. It really cemented to me that these people actually care about me and my wife and my family. And these are the types of people that I really do not want to let go. Um, so when I say that Lily being born really kind of helped this healing process along, this group of friends also did that. And the two things coming together in such a powerful way right there so early on in her life for me really just it encouraged me and it made me feel better as a person. And I'm eternally grateful for all of them. Yeah. Friends are a great way to help your broken soul. That is something because through everything, my friends have been there when I needed them. You know, I have a, a few really close friends. Um, like my best friend, Brittany went through the same thing that we did. Her and her husband went through the same thing we did. So we helped each other out a ton, um, which their story is actually greatly different from ours actually. Um, and is uh, maybe one day I'll get her on here to talk about it. Cause that's definitely, um, a powerful testimony, whether her and her husband know it or not, but it is a very powerful testimony. Um, but they like she was there for me even though she was going through her own personal hard time which if you ever get to her story you'll understand what was going on and then uh, my other really good friend both of these friends have been friends with me one Brittany was friends with me literally since I was essentially born and then I met Renee when I was in like first grade and she come over she just did the simplest thing she just came over on the day that um, was Nova's funeral and curled my hair for me. So I didn't have to curl my hair, which, you know, little did she know was just something, one less thing for me to have to worry about on one of the hardest days of my life. I feel like the funeral is probably equally as hard as losing your child because that really cements into you that your child is gone. And so that little did she know that was a little bit of sewing up, taking a little bit of, you know, needle and thread and sewing up a little bit of my broken soul. And so friends are very important. And, you know, people just because there were people that got added into my life um, and Josh's life after Nova passed away that really helped along the process because a lot of people did fall away. But then God would put other people, new people in our lives that really helped that process. Um, and so really just all this podcast is about, is just in, encouraging you. Like if you feel like you have a broken soul, like one, if you feel like you're a bad Christian for that, you are not a bad Christian. You're not unchristian. You are a perfectly sane, normal Christian who is going through a hard time and God understands that. But also that you can do this. You, you can do this. I promise you, it might feel like the world is crashing down on you. I totally 100% understand that feeling. I was telling Josh today that I literally thought I was going to die of broken heart syndrome because I literally felt like my heart was breaking inside of my chest. True. Like, I mean, like I felt, I would feel like I couldn't breathe and I, I literally thought I was dying. So I understand that feeling. Yeah. Not 100% agree. And I'll say even just to add on top of that, 
it's it's okay to have bad days. You're going to yeah. feel like you're getting better. And then there will be a day <laughs> where something hits you out of nowhere. <laughs> Even if it's just a small thing that reminds you of whatever it is you had gone through in the past, whatever you may be going through now, and you are just going to completely fall apart. And that's perfectly fine. Um, you have a support system, hopefully, in place that will help you pick up those pieces. You may even recover quickly on your own there. Um, at the end of the day, you're never really going to completely recover from whatever has broken you in this world that has really changed who you are deep down inside of yourself. And that's honestly not a problem. Again, it, the whole point of this to kind of wrap it in a neat little bow and come full circle there is just to say that things are going to break you in this world and things are going to make you change as a person. That can be a good thing as much as it can be a bad thing. But at the end of the day, pushing through those things and kind of allowing yourself to be encouraged and to embrace the changes and the hardships and to let those things help you grow. That is what is the most important to take away from those situations. Yeah, it, it will. It definitely won't feel like you're growing in the situation. That's that's for sure. I definitely did not feel like I was growing right after Nova passed away. But looking on myself where I was at three years ago compared to where I'm at now, I'm thinking, man, like I'm so much more of you know, a rounded person, a rounded Christian than when than what I was three years ago, and I can. I can be okay with that. Like, it's it's kind of hard to explain. It's not like you're just overjoyed about this tragic situation. It's just trying to find the sunshine in a bad, in a very dark situation. And um, and I wanted to say, I wanted to give a Bible verse for people who maybe know someone going through a tragic situation. It's Proverbs sixteen twenty four, and this is the New Living Translation. It says, "Kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body." So if, if you know someone going through something, please encourage them. You know, I know you don't know what to say. No one ever knows what to say. Just keep it general. Like, I'm here for you. I'm praying for you. What do you need? Do you need me to do anything? Just something simple to let them know that you're there if they need you. Something, you know, so that they know that you want to help in that, that process of their healing of their soul and everything. Cause that's, that's a big thing. Cause you, you know, obviously no one wants to overstep grounds, but if you just keep it simple and let them kind of come to you, but you make sure that they know that you're there, that's really healing too. And so that's just, you can do this. If you're going through something right now, I promise you can do this there. It's, it, it can be, it's going to be rough. I'm not going to lie. God didn't promise us a, you know, easy, perfect, perfect life. The whole saying that God gives you, won't give you more than you can handle is not biblical at all. There's nowhere in the Bible that says that. Um, there is a scripture talking about he won't give you more than you can be tempted, which is talking about temptation. That's not talking about crap that happens in life. Um, so you're going to have stuff that you can't handle and you just have to rely on God. You just have to trust God that he's going to be there for you and he's going to help guide you. And if, and he has his big boy pants on. So if you need to yell and scream or ask why, a lot of people say you shouldn't ask why after someone dies, which I think is kind of weird because I don't know why my daughter died. I would love to know why that was a part of this process. Obviously I'm never going to get that answer until I go to heaven, but I still ask the question and I don't think God got upset with me for that. So you, you can make this and I, I just, 
if you need prayer, like, please tell us, like, email us. We will pray for you. We've probably, we've been through a lot of crap, so we've probably been there, done that kind of a situation. Um, but, and, and you can kind of see where we are now. And like Josh said, you know, you feel like, sometimes you feel like you're just like super healed and then you'll have a bad day. Like, that's okay. Like those, I, I recently have been having some bad days, but finding that rock, that something, even if you aren't a Christian, finding that, that steady something that you can just hold on to, to keep you sane is huge. And finding that support system through friends or, or family, faith, and that sort of thing is huge. And if you know someone going through something, please just encourage them because it, it really does heal the soul and help to fight and combat the life just trying to strip you of who, who you are. So that's all I have to say. Yep. I hope that you guys get something encouraging out of this. And if you don't, hopefully you at least, you know, understand that you're not alone in this world. And if you know somebody who might be going through something, then absolutely just be there for them. That's really all I can ask for. Um, I, I think that's really it. So I hope you guys have a great day. And God bless.